another episode of the Twist My Arm podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm your forever host and creator of the Twist My Arm Network. You can find updates on all your favorite Twist My Arm shows by visiting www.twistmyarmpodcast.com. You can follow the TMA podcast on Twitter by searching at Twist My Armcast, and we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for the Twist My Arm podcast. We go live every other Wednesday for the Marvel Cannon Madness podcast, every Friday for the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch, and most other days we're waiting for a new episode of Best Flicks or the Intrepid DM Journeys or we're streaming games or something like that. You can find all of our live podcasts and game streams on Twitch. Just search for TMA Games, all one word, TMA Games. And make sure to subscribe to get notifications for all the times we are live. We now have a store. You can purchase merchandise for any of the shows on our network. Just head to twistmyarmpodcast.com slash tma-store and you can support your favorite TMA Network podcast today. On today's episode, I have local author April Dawn coming on the show to talk about her new book, Lungs Like Elephants. It is a poetry collection, um, really fun book. There's a lot of cool things in here. Um, we read a couple excerpts and talked about life and, and all sorts of things. Um, all these links are in the show notes, but if you would like to get a hold of April Dawn, you can hit her up on Instagram at Lemon Drop Ink Shop or at Lungs Like Elephants. Again, that's at Lemon Drop Ink Shop or at Lungs Like Elephants um, to get in touch with her about her book um, or to find out where you can purchase lungs like elephants um thank you all again for listening to the twist modern podcast and supporting us over the years um we could not do this without your continued support so again thank you so much um i, I guess it's time i guess it's that that here we go it's time to get this show on the road here's uh here's our interview with april dawn author of lungs like elephants working really and he knows like he's not an idiot he knows how to use a microphone and he's just like why is my computer like freaking out right. about this and i was like it's fine i'll just go upstairs like don't even worry about it actually i had an issue with this system in particular last month i, I did a, a podcast convention it was like a big event that i've been you know pushing for months and like the week before it went down Streamyard would not pick up my microphone anymore it wouldn't pick up my mic. It wouldn't pick up my camera. It was just nothing. And I, I had know. to go through all these steps. I had to like hit up StreamYard and go through all these different steps. Only to, what is, only like, to what do out. they do? So StreamYard is oh, like, sorry, you well, I was just saying, it, it, I, I found out that all I had to do was upgrade a driver on my computer. Oh, God. And it fixed everything. But no, StreamYard is really good for the most part for like um, streaming. You know what I mean? So... So for all of our live podcasts, I stream from this site. It goes to Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, um, Twitter. It streams to oh, cool. okay. up to 10 different places at the same time. So it is really good for live streams. And then when I do game streams and stuff, I can pull everything over and, 
and yeah. uh, stream to all those different sites. But there are issues for whatever reason. I've had you're not the only guest to like try and get on a streamyard and has issues. It's I swear to God, it's like fifty percent of people and. Yeah, that's so I'm, weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. It it's all right. We're here. Yeah. I'm excited. It shouldn't be as hard, but, but yes, I am yeah. definitely excited. Um, so April, April, April. It's it's good to see you. I haven't seen you in a couple months. I think. Uh, yeah. Last time. You and came even out then, was... like I've only met you like three times, maybe yeah, like. <laughs> and very briefly, you know, because Kylie yeah. likes to take up all the time because you know you guys yeah. have been friends for so long. So. Yeah, it's um, important. But you're originally from Colorado, right? Yes, I was born there, and I left when I was, I was 21. It was 2013 when I moved to Kansas, and I, like, had no intention of leaving forever. Like, it's hilarious that I'm still, like, he, I mean, I'm in Missouri now, but it's basically Kansas. I was definitely just, like, going with some friends, thought it'd be a few months, like, just, it would be funny, like, just move to this small town, take a break, and then I'm, like, it's, like, seven, eight years later, and I, like, Never moved back, partly because it got so expensive. I though, was, like it's just yep. you can't leave because you'll never you'll never get back in. I was just gonna say it's so cheap out there in the Midwest. I have a ton of friends in Nebraska, and actually had uh, one of my dudes on a few months ago, and he's like, "Yeah, I pay four hundred bucks a month for a two bedroom apartment," and at that point yeah. we were paying like fourteen hundred dollars for a two bedroom and i'm like Whoa, what <laughs> yeah so once you get used to that like we have like a three bedroom house that we're just renting but 700 bucks a month and he um the landlord if you resign your lease you get a month of rent free which is just like who does that so i'll probably die in this house because we're like it's <sighs> so cheap i'll never go anywhere else well i mean you can't like especially in colorado it is so expensive kylie and i are just waiting yeah. for the housing market to crash and then maybe maybe we'll and we're, we're all waiting it's not happening i know i i give it another two years I would say two years. Yeah. And we'll probably be, be around there. But so, like I was saying, you and you and Kylie have been friends forever. I know she can't make it to the interview, but yes. how how did you guys meet? How how do you know each other? Um. So we just went to high school together, but we didn't um, become friends. Honestly, I don't even know if she went to the school like all four years. She probably did, but I didn't really hang out with her until senior year. And she was just hanging out with some friends of friends. And then we all started hanging out together and just instantly it was like me and her and Jake and Kyle were like the four amigos. Like we were just always together. And then we realized we lived just a few blocks away. So we would like alternate hanging out at each other's houses. And it's kind of funny because her, her mom was cool with us like drinking as teenagers, but she was not cool with weed and my mom was cool with weed but was not cool with underage drinking so we would like go drink at kylie's house and then like walk to my house to like smoke, smoke weed and then yeah and then go to and then sleep at my house or the other way around like we'd smoke weed at my house and then go walk over to her house to drink and go back and forth and like it i mean i'm not condoning underage drug and alcohol well, use no, but, but that was but we all had it big part of our yeah we we all did it so yeah we just realized we lived right next to each other we had a really close group of friends and That's now awesome. she actually works for my mom which is funny like she's part of the family now basically right. so. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I, I feel like we all had that house. I'm pretty sure I was that house that you know you go to to party, and then yeah, you know that's that's fun though. That, that there's a ton of good memories there. Do you have any uh, amazing, yeah. embarrassing stories you can tell? Oh my god, I'm sure so you got many. a couple. But, um, I know our well, friends at the Sudden but Inevitable Rewatch would love to hear some embarrassing stories. <laughs> The one, this actually wasn't, actually, I did end up at Kylie's house at one point this night. So we were at a different house in Inglewood. It was the the third party house for our group. It was a sis, my sister's friend's house. And we were drinking heavily because they would always, they were, they were a few years older. So they would just buy like so much alcohol yeah, for everybody. To make sure. Whereas right? like, yeah, at Kylie's house, we would all just like a 12 pack or something but they would just have a table full of like handles of alcohol at all times so and i i had like gotten in a fight with a friend this night and so i was already just kind of upset and like drinking more than i needed to and we were we were leaving this party to go to kylie's house and it's not even like a cool story because i was literally just like walking to my boyfriend's car and I tripped. I was maybe like breaking from a walk into a run. He was like, hurry up. And so I was like about to run. And then I just tripped. And like, if this is my foot, I like scraped the front of it and fell down the side of it. And I broke my foot just trying to walk to his car. But oh everyone, everyone knew that I was really drunk. And I'm quite dramatic when I'm drunk, too. So I was like, freaking out, like, oh, I'm in so much pain. And they're like, uh-huh okay like you're drunk can you please just get in the car not realizing that i actually did break my foot and i had this huge like wound on the top of my foot broke the side of my foot and i have a vague memory of then being at kylie's house and my boyfriend is literally putting a band-aid on the top of my foot because he's like we're both just drunk and he's like yeah i mean i guess you did cut your foot so like i vaguely remember someone putting a band-aid on it and then i don't even know what happened this will wake up at yeah, wake up at my house in the morning and, like, try to go to the bathroom and put weight down on my foot. And I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? Like, why does this hurt so bad? And I'm like, did I hurt my foot last night? And they're like, well, you kept saying that you broke your foot, but, like, you're also really drunk, so no one listened to you. And I was like, no, like, it's something is wrong. And so then had to tell my mom, and she was um. like, you're still you're still like pretty drunk like you smell like you are drunk so i'm not going to take you to the hospital because you're like 18 so she's right. like sober up go back to sleep we'll go to the hospital i yeah i broke my foot they put a cast on it and it was just like so embarrassing like just not like i said not a cool story kylie's over here just like you're fine quit being so dramatic yeah everyone was just like because I, I would do that like i would get drunk and make a scene so they're like uh-huh your foot hurts whatever but yeah, the next day I was just like, guys, seriously. So you come to school and that's everyone's not, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I think it was summer at that point, but I had, I was waitressing. And so I had to quit my job because like, even though it was such a minor injury, like I could not put any weight on it for over a month. I was Ooh. in like this big boot and on crutches and it was just like way It was a huge deal for no good reason at all. Oh, that's brutal. But again, I mean, we all have that house. We all have those stories. It yes, just, I'm much um, more responsible now. Right. So some stories are a little bit worse than others. But hey, you know, yeah. when when your kids start going through that stuff, you can be like, I got a story for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I'm more, I hope to God they're a little more responsible than me. But we'll see. 
<laughs> yeah, I, it, they always say that your kids are going to be like three times worse than you or something. So I hope that's not true because mm -hmm. if I ever have kids, it's going to be bad. But Right. Well, my husband was like really good as a kid. So maybe the balance of how crazy I was and how good he was, our kid will just be like Ugh, pretty even? normal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where Where's he from? Is he from... He's from Kansas. Okay. Oh wait, I guess he was he was born in Tulsa, but he moved when he was like two to a small town in Kansas. Um, no one has heard of it. I'm certain it's called Caney, Kansas, and it's a really tiny town of two thousand people. Like no stoplight. No, they actually didn't even have a grocery store until recently. They had like a Dollar General, oh, and wow. you'd have to like drive. You drive to Oklahoma to get groceries because Oklahoma is just like 20 minutes away. So you guys are on like um, the southwestern part of Kansas, or he was he, on the south part of southwest. Yeah, that's like south southeast kind of. South, oh, yeah, my my geography is all messed up. I don't. Know. Oh, you're good. Mine's bad too. I just I just know that because everyone around here they call it like the SEK area, southeast Kansas, and then uh, we right now. We're in the four state area, so we are 20 minutes. We're in Missouri, but we're 20 minutes from Kansas, Oklahoma, or Arkansas. Like you can drive okay. through all okay. of them very easily. Okay. And how did how did you guys meet? I feel like Colorado, yeah, you know, Kansas. How did that how did that happen? It's a funny it's a funny story. Um, it's actually like yeah, we are going to talk about my book eventually. Oh, we're gonna we get actually, there. Don't worry. <laughs> so. Spoiler, it's a poetry book, and me and him met at a poetry reading, which is really cool, actually, because it was not, like, the town we met in is a little bigger. It was 10,000, but it was still a very small town. Not super popping with the arts sure, culture. Like, sure. very, like, everyone, no, I don't want to say anything rude about Kansas people. I'm just trying to paint the picture that, like, it's not an artsy it's, town. It's not, as, not... it's not as predominant out there. No, it's it's fine. Like, people don't get into the arts as much as they get into yeah. the farming and stuff, you know, and the sports. Yeah, and, and hunting and stuff. And, right. like, there's not even that many young people in a lot of these towns, right. too. You're kind so... of an outsider as an artist in those places. Yes. I, I lived in the Midwest. I know how that goes. Like, okay. It's, it's very... In the small towns, especially, if you're some sort of artist, you're definitely kind of on the outside. Yeah, it's like a culture shock for sure. Yeah. Um, so me, the group of people that I moved out to Kansas with, it was a bunch of people that I had done some internships with at my church. And the pastor we were working with switched to this other church from Denver to Kansas. And he was just kind of like, you guys are like my team. Like, if you want to come, I'm going there. And so a few people moved out right away. I was still in school, so it was like almost a year later that I moved out. And one of the things we were doing was starting a coffee shop there. And it was like a nonprofit cafe that was kind of owned by the church, but it was not like a religious thing. But if we, once we made a profit after they funded it, we would give that money back to the church for them to sure. use or whatever. Sure. So um, we started that like a year after I'd moved there and we did this grand opening thing for the cafe and Someone, not me, advertised that there would be like live entertainment all day. And then they just handed it off to me. They were like, can you find entertainment? And I was like, what? Like, I don't know anyone in this town. So I, I might have helped find like one band or something, but yeah, I didn't really know anyone. And then I was like, well, I read poetry. Like I could fill a slot, I guess. Um, I had done a lot of 
readings in Denver. Denver, as you know, is like huge in the art scene, so there's plenty of open mics and events constantly. So I was like, yeah, I, re I miss it. I'd love to do that. I'll read some at this event. Um, it went horrible. It was like chaotic because it was the grand opening and it wasn't like we had this separate stage area or a back room or anything. It was like this huge open space and there's blenders and espresso grinders going off constantly and there's children running everywhere. And I'm just kind of like in the corner reading this really sad poem about my childhood, like <laughs> trying to, and but like aside from all that, the, again, the people, they're not super into like poetry readings at all, like the culture of that. So it was kind of stressful, but there was this guy that was sitting right in front of me, never seen him before. He helped me set up the microphones and stuff. And he was listening, and he was probably the only person that could even hear me because he was right up front. Other, Even people that were trying to listen, like, they couldn't because it was such a big space. But I really wanted to just walk off, but I was like, okay, this guy's paying attention. Maybe he will get something out of it, so I'll, I'll finish reading these poems. And I did, and then he came up to me afterwards, and he's like, I know that was super stressful, but you did great. And he actually related to a lot of the stuff I said, because we have kind of a similar like family background. And we ended up sitting down and talking for like over an hour. And I he he's cute, like I love him. But at that time, he was really not my type at all. He's a little dorky. Um, and I was just like, do I like I think I like him but like he's kind of a dork do I like him like it was a weird it was a weird night for me to try to decide but then as time went on like I just couldn't stop thinking about him and he was just so funny and just treated me so differently from the other people I had dated and aside from me and him kind of getting together it was also really cool because we were like oh, there's other young people in this town like him and his group of friends were there and we kind of merged after me and him met and it was just this really cool time of community aside from our relationship forming we got to meet a lot of other people in the community and the coffee shop had started so that was a really like central place for us all to hang out and do stuff together and it was just it was a really cool time in my life nice yeah that's that's always that's always the best story you know it's the, the way you meet people that that you marry is you un uncharacteristically i guess you would say yeah you know? we yeah and we were not like looking for it at all we had both been single for a couple years at that point and i was not moving to parsons for the dating scene like <laughs> oh yeah i'm gonna move <laughs> to this small town and i'll like totally meet my husband there like if anything i was kind of trying to get away from dating and just take some time to myself so i think that was really cool too because when you take the time to focus on yourself and grow as a person um I think other people are drawn to that and you become a healthier version of yourself and you learn what you want in another person. And I think that's part of the reason that we moved so quickly and really knew that it was kind of right because we weren't looking for it at all. And it just like happened it, the timing of it, just, you couldn't plan it. It was an organic thing. That's, that's awesome. That's good. Congrats yeah. on that. That's, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a cool story. And, and so obviously we were talking about, we're here to talk about your book. You are a writer officially. You've had a book published I that am. is amazing. I mean, how does how does that feel? That's that's got to be a cool feeling, right? I am. My name is yes. April, published author. 
I did, yeah. I recently had to redo my resume for like one of these. I'm in a business class, and I got to put on there like published author yeah. as an accomplishment, and yeah. it it does feel cool. I'm not. I won't pretend that I have like a publishing deal or an agent or anything. It was self-published, but I'm super proud of how it came out. I spent a ton of time on it. Like it's not it's not just this thrown together makeshift thing. It looks beautiful. I really spent a lot of time deciding what went in it and to not only just to say like I'm a published author, like I have a book, like I wrote this much stuff, but just to just to have it completed because it was something for many years that I wanted to do but it was such a daunting task I didn't know where to start and then I would try to start and there were a million different hang-ups along the way that were very discouraging and so just to say like I did it is a great feeling absolutely I mean uh I know a few authors and they're all self-published and they all say the same thing that like there's so much that goes into it that the writing part yeah. is the easy part. Oh yeah, and, I would say so. And uh, that's, I mean, it's it's so incredible to to I I like to say that you know I write music. I, I was a touring band one day. That was awesome, you know, and like a published yeah. author. That's really cool. When did you realize you wanted to be a writer? That you wanted to like actually publish your writing? Yeah, so I I had always loved writing. Like, there's a funny poem. I don't know if you saw it in, like, the back of the book from, like, second grade. I added in this little thing in the back of the book because I loved writing. Even as a kid, like, I won this little Young Authors Award where I got to go to a little, not for that poem, but I they made this, like, little bound laminated version of a book. I wrote some story about a leprechaun when I was, like, eight or something and I got to go to this awards thing and I loved that and then as an angsty teenager I loved writing a lot definitely not stuff I would have published at that point but I always knew that writing and reading for sure too just meant a lot to me like I valued it very deeply um, and then when I I started doing more open mics when I was maybe like 19 or so 19 or 20 and I don't think even at that point I wanted to publish it was maybe like oh someday when I'm retired I'll like write a book <laughs> kind of thing but um then someone someone asked me like because at a lot of authors go to open mics and promote their books and then people can buy them afterwards and so someone came up to me and asked if I had a book and I was like what like do you want would you buy a book if I had a book what are you what are you saying to me right now and it was just and she was and she was another writer that read at this open mic regularly and I was like, You're a really good writer. If you think that I'm a good writer, like that is so that's the best feeling. So once she and I wish I knew her name or could find her because I don't I, I moved away and I never saw her again mm. and I wish I could tell her, like, you encourage me to do this, I want her to have it, but she was just very supportive and really connected to a lot of the stuff I wrote. And so once she said that, I was like, I'm going to do it. Um, if that could help anybody or if anyone thinks my stuff is worth reading, like, I will do it. And But that, that was so long ago. That was, like, probably around 2013, and I didn't publish this till last year. And so it was not that it takes that long. I made it take that long because I procrastinated a lot of things, but – it's still like you want you want to do it right and you're always 
learning more and writing more and then I would like kind of start it and I'd be like but how do I finish it especially poetry it's not like a novel that you just kind of wrap up so I would have the the intention to go into the process of finalizing it but I was so hung up on which poems to choose and how to end it and this and that that I really let that kind of I don't know, stop me for a while. Well, I think the way that you did end it, like you were saying, it's an old poem from, it looks like, uh, second grade, February 9th, 2000. It's called Cat Bat. And yeah, it's a fan favorite. It's, it's got a little picture of a cat bat next to it. I think that's a brilliant way to end a, a poetry book. Yeah. Because it's yeah. just kind of like, you know, this is, this is where it started, basically. And this is how it's ended yeah. on this particular book. I always remember reading like Shel Silverstein books back in the day. And... Yes, he was my favorite. I used that as a lot of inspiration for how to like, and... I mean, our poetry is very different, but like the style <laughs> and the formatting and stuff like that. Right, and I noticed that while while reading yours, I did read a good portion of, of your poetry and it, it is awesome. beautiful. Thank it is you. really good. I, I would like to read some excerpts eventually. Oh yeah, um, please. But yeah, it's it, it was very reminiscent of those old poetry books from you know, back in yeah. school. And I, I really, I really enjoyed what I had read. Um, so was it always just poetry? Did you ever want to do anything else? Um, I, I used to write short stories and um, it, it eventually mm -hmm. turned into poetry, which eventually turned into music, like lyrics. Um, yeah. But I always wanted to be a journalist and, and do oh, yeah. that sort of thing until I realized how hard it was. And like how how many right. how many balls and you how have to corrupt have. it is too like yeah like like you you have to you have to be a certain kind of person to to be a, a journalist um, unless you're doing like sports writing I guess but that's that's boring right. so yeah that's not the fun stuff yeah was there ever anything other than poetry that you've written or that you've wanted to write or anything like that yeah um recently i've actually gotten into writing kids stories there i've published them just in like local like online stuff and then i'm working on a christmas one to go into like a hard copy collection if they approve it but i have done some some teaching in the elementary school age and i love children's books i think they're one of the most like beautiful pure things on this earth and even if you don't have kids if you're having a hard day i think you should go to the library and like they probably have a bunch of adorable halloween books out right now and like they're just they're so beautiful and it's such a different thing than poetry or than i love like fiction novels and stuff but i just really love kids books so i've started writing that if i wanted to publish it i just don't know with finding an illustrator and you know making it a hardback and all those that's i would need to look into that process but i've done that and then i did do you know what nanowrimo is have you heard of that i i think i've heard of it but i don't i don't think i know really what it is i don't even know i'm trying to remember what it even stands for it's like n-a-n-o national author no i'm not even going to pretend i know but it's basically where you i'll look it up but you um you attempt to write a novel in the month of November. It's like this oh, kind of national national um, authors something. Yeah, yeah. I we did a special on TMA a couple years ago for that particular. Oh, really? Month. Yeah, I, I had an, another author on talking about her book and stuff. Um, I cannot remember what it was called though. I know, and I just looked it up, and it's still not showing me. It just says like National Write a Novel Month, but. 
anyway, someone's probably listening to this and is like, you idiot, this is what it means. But um, it is <laughs> I think where it's just you... National Authors Day. Oh, I guess they're just abbreviating it like it's not an acronym fully. It's like N-A means national, N-O means novel, W-R-I means writers, and then M-O is month. Like national novel writing <laughs> That that seems like month. a little sorry. That's what it meant. That seems like a little much for National Novel Writing Month. Yes, that's now I feel less dumb because they abbreviated that in a weird way. But anyway, but that's not one your year, fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? But as someone who has tried to do it, like I should have remembered what it was. Oh. But um, it's not like you would fully write the novel because obviously a month is not enough time for that. But they really encourage you like just get it out in like the roughest draft but have it have it there in a month like write every single day and you'll have to go back and do all these things but get the full concept out develop your characters have a beginning and an end and they it's just a really cool community thing so i did try to do it one year i did not i definitely didn't write every day but i did go to a couple of the meetings and like had this idea for a novel and a lot of people were like oh my gosh that's really cool like you have to do it and then i didn't do it i and poetry i'm so spoiled with like poetry can be like two sentences it can be maybe like two pages max and it then it, it's it's done um so i think a novel was just very daunting to me and there's yeah there's a lot that goes into it in terms of plot and characters and you know you could study that for so long so i would i would love to write a novel eventually i think i just don't know where to start but yeah it's been mostly poetry a little bit of kid stories sometimes i would write kind of a short story but still in more of a poetic format that's definitely what i gravitate towards and i've tried lyrics a few times i just don't Sorry, <clears throat> I don't play music, so it, it has to be like someone else that's in a band is also like, yeah, I like that. And I mean, no one's ever told me they disliked it or didn't want to use it. It's just like I've never found someone I clicked with to really do that with. So. You got to find a pop star to write for, you know, like a. Yes, a get rich. Kesha or a Taylor Swift or something, write music, write lyrics for those girls. That'd be crazy. I'm I'm certain I would make so much more money than poetry. Oh, absolutely. The 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 thing is with that is you have all the old pop stars that are writing for them now. So like you got Britney Spears right. and Christina Aguilera in them. They're Mandy Moore does writing for the new pop really? stars now. Yeah, they like will write lyrics for them just to make a little extra cash on the side. <laughs> Yeah, why not? I always, yeah, I'm terrible, and I don't, CJ loves, like, looking so deep into any artist he likes, like, he'll read their whole Wikipedia, he'll look at all the notes about producers and writers, he'll follow them on all social media, like, like I never look at anything, (laughs) I don't do that, even, like, bands that I love deeply, like, I don't even know their names at all, I know nothing (laughs) about them, but, so I do not ever remember to look into, like, the credits of all that, but that is interesting. I love that, as a, as a sound engineer, though, not a real engineer, but I've done recordings and stuff, I love, yeah, you're real, you're, you're doing it right now. But thank you. But no, I like to look at the different producers and stuff because they all have their own different sounds. Producers are just like musicians. 
they yeah. you know master tracks differently than other producers and they all have their own flavor which is once you kind of learn producers it's interesting because you can tell like yeah you know their instruments sound the same as this band that they produced over here it's it's really cool um, yeah cj is definitely into all and he'll like there'll be certain eras he's like oh this year like that was such a good year yes. for production and i'm like Yes. Okay, I've never like paid attention to that at all, but yep. you're probably right. I think 2004, John Feldman was uh That's really yes, good. that is what he's mentioned specifically. <laughs> That's so funny. He was man, that guy was amazing. He uh he was an old singer for Goldfinger and then started producing all these emo albums, you know. He did The Used, yes. he did Story of the he's Year. He totally but... mentioned him. You guys maybe you guys should do an interview about just like the art of engineering cuz yeah. that's just something that's like not talked about a lot. It is it is definitely an art form for sure. Watching my dad did it for my entire life and watching him do it was was incredible. Oh, know? cool. So it was it's kind of what got me into doing these sort of things was watching him run sound or record or master edit whatever it is but there it is an art form there for sure um yeah so your book it is called lungs like elephants it's it's mm -hmm. really cool i have it in my hands right now i, I can't see it yeah. on the camera but it's so um, that's the cool part is like seeing other people like have it and send me pictures of it and stuff or seeing it in a bookstore i'm just like that's when it really feels real right right um who, who did the artwork it's really it's really cool i like the art thank you yeah my sister did the painting of the ele the elephant was originally like pulling that little flower out of the the lung area okay. but then when so my sister painted it she did a bunch of drafts she spent a lot of time on it it's beautiful and then my friend here um did the like graphics part of it because you can't just like set a painting on a book cover i mean i guess you could but you actually don't think about how much formatting that requires because then you got to right. make like the spine of the book and the back of the book and you got to fit it to all these different dimensions so he helped make everything fit and add in all the words and then the the little hands that are on the back and then on the corner of every page and then on the bookmark if you have oh, one of those yeah. um those were done by our friend rainy who i think is in oklahoma now so yeah it's really cool to have like three different artists none of them have ever met each other i've actually never even met rainy um and it all looks so cohesive like it flows together really well which is awesome i didn't even notice the the bookmark and the the sticker there's a little sticker in there with the elephant yes. that's really cool i like that um so reading through it too it's it's all poetry i love it like i was saying it's it's a lot like a shell silverstein book or something where it's just a bunch of poetry yeah. <clears throat> maybe some of it's a little bit darker than a shell silverstein but oh yeah it's a little a little um, sadder than his stuff <laughs> but it's it's real you know it's it's like it's down to earth and it's it's more for people that may be struggling with with certain aspects of life and stuff um i really liked the you went from colorado to kansas to indiana what and to missouri mm -hmm. what's what's the inspiration there is that the places you've lived or yes yeah so that is like the timeline of my life basically and they're they're pretty much in chronological order there's a few things or like some fictional poems that i broke up and spread out but it pretty much reads like you're reading about my life between like 2013 up until 2020 and i am so glad that my 
editor gave me that idea. I don't know if you've met Emily. She also she works with Kylie and lived in our neighborhood too. But maybe, she's the one. I think I've heard of her for sure. <laughs> okay, so she she edited all of it for me and just like bless her. She read so many like terrible poems and bad ideas and and just like helped me really flesh it all out. And we were trying to decide. Do we do it chronological? Do I do these certain themes? Do I just kind of put strong ones first? Like I was really overwhelmed by how to order it. And she just mentioned that like, well, you could do the chapters as the states. And I I think it actually works really well. You don't have to read it straight through. You can definitely just like pick a random poem. That's, That's how I read a lot of the time. But if you read it all the way through, it actually tells a story a lot more than I I thought it would. Like, it was not planned when I wrote it to do anything like that. But it's just, yeah, it's in order of of where I've been. And there's definitely, like, themes to these states and these times in my life. Yeah, and it's, you can definitely tell that some of these were in, in darker kind of periods i feel like i mean yeah if, if you don't mind there's there's one small rhyme in the colorado portion of it called waste of rhyme that i yes that oh yeah I, go ahead i Anything. really liked it's uh falling into love leapt into love crept into love kept chasing love since you wasted mine i've been such a waste of time what a waste of a rhyme like that had to <laughs> yeah, have been I like an, that one too that had to have been an angry an angry rhyme right <laughs> yeah, there was definitely, I think the theme, like, of Colorado specifically is a lot more, like, young and heartbreak kind of stuff with with some well, heavier, me. like, yeah, mental health issues for sure. But a lot of it in Colorado, I just really was trying to find the right guy or just trying to date or find myself or find my value in a relationship. And that's not the right mentality to have in a relationship. Right. So I got hurt, got angry, got lost. So that's that's definitely like a big theme in Colorado. And then in Kansas, there's like some sappy love poems was, about that my was husband. My next and one so... was, was the one in Kansas is time. And it, yes. it seems very like it's it's the very beginning of the chapter, I believe. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, I wanted to take my time with you. That's not something I usually do. Maybe you'll always feel too good to be true. You're a beautiful thing. I can't wait to get used to. And that is way more like it seems like you go from this like kind of dark hole up into a more encouraging um, writing style when you get into like the Kansas, Missouri aspect. And that has to have been from from when you met the love of your life, I would assume. Right. Yes. And it was also just such a healing time in my life. He, He was a big part of it for sure. But I was there for a year before I met him and it was definitely hard, like moving from Denver to a small town, plus just moving away from home is Mm -hmm. hard. Um, Being like you said, I was kind of an outsider being an artist. I'm also very heavily tattooed. I'm also a little darker complected, not much, but like, it doesn't take much in these rural parts of Kansas. Like, you have a hint of a tan, you you stand out, which is weird to say, because I've never felt like super discriminated in Denver or anything but anyway it it was hard because I I stood out I was an outsider for sure Um, but after getting over that initial shock and transitioning and meeting more people and finding a job I loved and community I love it was so healing to be away from a lot of the messiness of Colorado to kind of 
just live on my own, to grow with these friends, like the people I moved there with, I grew up with my whole life. And like in church, we just grew up together. And it was so cool to like go on that adventure together. Um, and then a lot of, I mean, yeah, I've mentioned some discrimination and stuff, but also the people were so kind. The majority of the town was super welcoming. This older couple let me and my friend live with them having never met us. They just heard like, oh, these girls that Pastor Mike knows are coming. Like, they should live with us. And it's like, you've never even met me. And they were just like, no, you should live with us. And they just like took care of us for months. And people invited us to dinner all the time. In our community, in our friend group, we would we do anything for each other. We right. people were people would give each other a car, a computer, a thousand dollars, pay each other's bills. Like we were the tightest community I've ever known. That's, that's and the so Midwest, that was, though, in a nutshell. The yeah. Midwest is a very, very family-oriented, like part of the country. Um, and if yeah. you get accepted into that family, like you are family, and it, you know, you guys take care of each other, which is which is really cool. Yeah, and you have time to do it, and you all live, like, a few minutes away, so there's not really any excuse. Like, if someone needs help moving a couch, or they need dinner, or they need, like, you're just there, and you literally have nothing better to do other right. than, like, be a good right. friend to somebody, so. It's not like yeah, Denver, very... where you're like, oh, I was going to, but I'm up in Thornton, or something <laughs> yeah or like even if you're only a few miles away then there's traffic and that takes hours or there's yeah. there's a lot more act like car accidents out there just because it's busier yeah. or maybe yeah. you your commute between home and work is like 30 <laughs> to 40 minutes like that right. takes time out of your day so so anyway yeah kansas is definitely there's still some heavy stuff in there but it's a lot more just about like a very healing time for sure yeah um and so the, the Again, with that healing time, it seems like this book kind of was something that a lot of your poetry were like releases. How it, it seems yeah. like it kind of helped you a little bit personally. Um, yeah. Is is there anything that that this would help for other people that are maybe going through harder times and stuff? Would you like like if they read it? You mean or if they yeah were to yeah write yeah? It? I think so because I think that is why I've been comfortable with being so open about my life because um, this is essentially my diary like you said this is like real stuff there's a few fictional things in there but it was also that's another side of the publishing thing like I'm writing about real people and my family or my ex-boyfriends or my current husband like it's real and that's super scary but I with my own struggles with depression and anxiety and trauma and this and that I think the most healing thing you can do is share it in a safe environment of course because at least for me when things get really dark and heavy the the lie that's in your head is like that you're alone and that you're crazy and that you're messed up or you deserve this or that you're you're not handling it well like well oh I, I just need to get over it or do this or that and that's just never true and so i found so much healing in reading other other poetry and just like what a weird feeling to just be on the internet like i would go i don't think people even use tumblr anymore but i love sure tumblr <laughs> um they use it for porn now but oh. um 
I guess. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I Maybe. I never use Tumblr. Tumblr. I don't. I don't know. But <laughs> okay. Well, it's a. There's a lot of things on there, but I loved the poetry on there, and it's just such a crazy feeling to be in a really dark place or unique situation, and you're on the internet alone, and you read something that feels like you could have written, and that. Thank you. Oh, look at that um, beer delivery. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's the best. Um, and he doesn't even drink beer at all, so that's how you know. It's like, it's like he knew. He's when... like, it's been, it's been 45 well, minutes. She's got to be out. I got to bring her. No, I I messaged him. That would be funny, though. <laughs> I told him to bring it because I had put it in the freezer, and I didn't want it to explode. Oh, gotcha. That's um, but yeah, anyway, like the feeling of having a stranger write something and then you resonate with it so deeply. I think people feel that through music a lot, a ton, or mm -hmm. drawings or photography or poetry. And so when when that kept happening to me, to realize like maybe someone else is feeling what I'm feeling. And like I said, that girl at that open mic um, related to a lot of my poems and asked for a book and I'm like, yeah, I guess she, like, she's feeling it. And the way I met my husband, like he related to what I was saying. So that just makes you feel like, you know, I have to share it, not just for me because it feels good to get it out there. But if someone else can feel less alone and just like find hope in something or just find comfort in like the ups and downs, like, okay, I'm not crazy. People just have like highs and lows in life. So anyway, I have had a lot of people message me and tell me that it has like helped them which is the craziest feeling and there's I mean the themes I don't know I feel like it a lot of people could relate to it but specifically maybe our age group between 20 and 30 like just trying to find yourself and going through like I said that the heartbreak or maybe finding someone that is finally a good partner or stuff with your family that you're working through or as a generation, like anxiety and depression is so prevalent. I think we can all relate to that. So, um, yeah, I've gotten some really beautiful messages and feedback about it helping people. And that's like all I want at the end of the day. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, that's the best feeling for sure. When someone can relate to your art or when they actually read your writing and it, that, that's, yeah. that's really cool. And are you so, do you have, books in like bookstores and stuff do you have them in barnes and nobles or anything like that because that's still, know, a thing. It's still a thing right barnes yes, and nobles they still do exist. still exist okay i need to look in it i am online with barnes and noble and amazon which i hate like selling out to amazon but also like i buy books on amazon everyone buys it it's the most accessible platform you can listen um, to my own podcast I'm... on amazon music <laughs> right it's like it's a necessary evil um but yeah i'm in so, I mean, it's a whole nother story with trying to get yourself out there and publishing and stuff. I published through two different companies. One was Amazon, which theirs is called KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing. Okay, yep. And then um, I used Ingram Spark, which is more, more tailored towards helping you with bookstores and having, like, a bookstore is not going to order from Amazon. They just won't. But they would order from Ingram Spark or a lot of these other indie publishers. So... I was under the impression that Ingram Spark would like instantly put me in a bunch of bookstores. I'm still a bit confused. Their platform's not the best. <laughs> like I don't really understand how a lot of it works, but sure. I did go. So the bookstores I'm in are because I have gone there and shown them the book and they're like, yes, it looks good. We'd love to have it. I don't 
But it's also weird because if you Google my book, because my husband one night, like months ago, he's like, have you Googled your book? And I'm like, no. And he's like, there's some crazy things. Like, you should, like, come look at this. And it's on so many websites and in so many countries, which is cool, but I'm just confused because I have not gotten, like, money from them. So I'm like, are they just like opting to carry it and I would I would get money or information once they like sold one or are they there were definitely some sites that were like counterfeiting it like claiming that they'd send you a PDF if you gave oh, wow. the money and like I mean, just lots of weird stuff that means you've made it if, if people I, are, I guess. are plagiarizing or it means stuff, I'm and... getting scammed well yeah and then even on Amazon like someone like it's listed for 14.99 there was like a used copy that someone's trying to sell for twenty five ninety nine, and I'm like, is this just like a like a robot that doesn't understand things, or does someone think that like someone would pay that? I don't know. There's a lot of weird but again, stuff. So I'm means you've made it. Yeah, I mean you're you're I'm on flattered. you're on Walmart.com. You're on Goodreads. Yes, I on... am. There's <laughs> it's for sale, and he was like, he's like, look, it's half off in like South Africa. It was like listed in rupees or so like all these currencies that we didn't even know I'm so i i'm wondering if they're pulling that book from an amazon and selling it for a little higher like doing a, a retail kind of thing yeah. where they buy your book and then resell it right but again, that could I, be I feel like too. i feel like that's probably illegal without your permission right <laughs> i would hope so but i don't really yeah, so I guess that's that I, selling out to Amazon thing. It could be something to do with Amazon where they have all these different yeah. sites that are also selling that book. Yeah, so I don't, for all I know, it could be in more bookstores because, yeah, I'm not super clear on that. But from what I know, the stores I've gone to, it is at a bookstore in Pittsburgh, Kansas, and then they're going to continue to order from Ingram Spark, which is cool. They were like, we'll buy the copies you brought, and then we see that you're on Ingram Spark, so we'll continue to reorder from them. Um, and then it's in a store in Indiana. Um, there's like a restaurant slash cinema place, like a very local arts place here. They have a few copies. There's nice. um, vintage stock, which I don't know if that's just a thing around here or if that's a chain, but they have like music, video games, comic books, books. Like it's this huge store in the mall. Um, and they've been doing good on sales, so it was really cool. That was the first place I was in. And then I'm in both the public library and the college library. And then I've done nice. some, like, events. Like, so, like, there was an art festival last week, and I had my book at a booth and sold a couple copies. So, like, it's not, it's not much. I'm definitely not in Barnes & Nobles nationwide. But to be in, like, any bookstore and to think about strangers, like, picking up my book and choosing that like that means a lot to me yeah that's awesome what a, what a great what a great feeling <laughs> yeah yeah that's, it's really cool so i need to cool. i need to look into more of it in terms of like just national distribution but also there's plenty of bookstores in town i still haven't gone to i need to just you know have some copies and just ask because so far no one's turned me down so that's cool so i need to just go to more places and keep asking yeah for sure um, and for listeners out there, I will have the links to the book, the official links, none of that bootleg crap. Yeah. I'll have the yeah, official do not links to April pay for a PDF. <laughs> and I will say, um, definitely if Amazon or Walmart, if any of those sites online are convenient for you, go for it. You can also message me personally. There's links on the back of the book to like the two social media accounts because I can sell it. 
um, and not have Amazon take half my money. It's not a big deal at all, like use Amazon if it's convenient, but um, I would get the full profit from it. Or if you also, if you can't afford it, like I'd be happy to just send it to you. So um, message me if you you want and we can figure something out. (laughs) And I'll definitely make sure to put those links in there too. It looks like uh, at Lemon Drop Pink Shop and at Lungs Like Elephants, correct? Yes, yep. Excellent. Um, I think I'm, I'm out of questions as far as the interview goes for the most part. I've, I've really enjoyed, uh, enjoyed having this conversation. I do have a lightning round, though, that okay. uh, most of my interviewees, well, all of my interviewees take part in. You, you got okay. it. It's just, okay. a series, just a series of this or that questions, and you just okay. pick one or the other, whichever one comes to mind first. Um, okay. But there, it's all basically from guys around the network, um, the Twist My Arm network. We all like okay, different cool. things. We all do, you know, we're all into different things. So, yeah, we just made a little lightning round. So, okay, are you ready? Deep breaths. Okay. Okay. All right. Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh my God, I don't care about either. I'm. I get Star Wars. Star Wars. I've never even seen Star Trek. I'm not going to pretend I'm a big Star Wars fan, but I did enjoy The Mandalorian, so Star Wars. Perfect. Tool or Blink-182? Oh, my God. How dare you even ask that? Blink-182. <laughs> tool. <laughs> I, I need to talk to whoever came up with that one. That was uh, me and Jesse, but thank you for being on my side with Blink-182. Yeah, Blink is my favorite band ever. Like, no contest. <laughs> All right. Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Okay. And here's another one. Firefly or Mandalorian? I don't know what Firefly is, so Mandalorian. Perfect. Firefly is an early 2000s space western that the Sudden Revival Rewatch podcast did a season on at the beginning of 2020. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was so much fun. If you ever get the chance to watch it, you definitely should. Um, it's, uh, okay. it's only one season. Um, it's on Hulu. There's a, there's a movie and stuff, but it's, it's really fun. So it, it ended way too soon, but anyway, okay, moving nice. on. Here we go. Okay. Power Rangers or Ninja Turtles? Power Rangers. Yeah. Super Nintendo or Sega? Oh, Sega. I, that's Ooh. what I grew up on. All right, I, all I can right. hear the little, the Sega, like yeah. that was my childhood. And so, since it is Halloween, I did make this one. Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween? Halloween. All right. All right. I actually, I like hate horror movies, but for some reason, I love the Halloween movies. Like, yeah, and I'm not a big horror movie fan either. Like, Kylie loves horror movies, and, you know, we watch them mm-hmm. together and stuff, but it's not something that I would pick. I do like the old school slasher flicks, though. The, like, yeah. just cheesy. Yeah, something about it. Yeah, because yeah. it's not that, it's not really scary. It's just kind of, like, yeah. dumb and you just watch the, so. You always just, you know, with friends, like, oh, that one's going to die for sure. That one right there is going to take bets on who's going to, like, it. <laughs> Yeah, and the killer, like, it just makes no sense why they are as, like, quick as they are or why they just show up. Play, like, it's just fun. It's not it's yep. not scary. Yep, it's not supposed to be serious. But, um, all right, I think I think that's about it. Can I, do, do you want to give out any other links? We did give out the uh, Lemon Drop Pink Shop and the Lungs Like Elephants links. Are there any other links that people can 
Find you I don't know. I mean, if they want to follow me personally, it's Art of April. That's my account. And then I, the Lungs Like Elephants one, I am just posting poetry and like book related stuff. So there's not much about my life. Is on that on there. Instagram? Um, Is that Instagram? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's Instagram. I don't, cool. yeah, I don't really have anything else. I do have um, on my website, Lemon Drop Ink Shop. That's just like my freelance writing kind of business i guess so i put I that saying to publish pink shop Ugh, oh you're fine people shop. say that Jeez. yeah ink shop um so you the can put the website correct. on there yes and that just has some links to i do like some freelance like blog writing or content writing i've done like i said some of the short stories and stuff um i will have you maybe also link there's a really cool local arts magazine the one i've been published in it's called the joplin toad and they have a website and an Instagram and it's just like the coolest local arts magazine. It's printed in really high quality. They also have like some online stuff. That's where some of my other kids stories are. And okay, if you just cool. want to poke around their website or just kind of subscribe to like a small arts magazine, it's really well done and it's a pretty recent thing. So I know that they would love some more support. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put a link in there for sure. Definitely. All of those links you can find in the show notes for the listeners that are listening. You can go to the show notes, and all those links will be down there. Just click. Go find them. But <clears throat> Awesome. This, is, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Um, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on and chatting about your yeah. book and, and life and all that good stuff. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Twist My Arm Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Follow us on Twitter at twistmyarmcast or Instagram at twistmyarmpodcast. Watch and chat live with us at twitch.tv slash tmagames or youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. To get everything all in one place or to book an appearance, go to twistmyarmpodcast.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them.